we're back. Da, 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 da. Um, you are listening to another episode of Am I Overreacting with me, Annabelle, and she, Amber. Hello, how are you? Hello, I'm all right. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Well, I say that I've got a very sore throat, um, but I had the medicinal combination of champions, which is a strepsil and ice cream. So, oh, dick. Sorry, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Literally like 30 seconds in, boom. Um, yeah, that was an unexpected couple of weeks off that we had. Yeah, it was. I'm sorry about that. I mean, I'm not sorry about that because we needed it, but I am sorry about it that it was so like unexpected. We um, were just like run down. We were so busy and it was getting to like recording days and we were like, we don't have the energy to do No. This. It was like, are we recording tonight? Yeah. Why do you not want to? Why do you not want to? Yes. Because <laughs> if you don't want to, I won't be mad, but I'm not saying I don't want to. So, uh. <laughs> so yeah, we just ended up having a little a little break, guys. A little but hiatus. We are. We're back with a bang. We're back with a bang. What you been up to? Um, oh, God, this is the really boring part. I don't think I've been up to anything. Oh. Have I? Have I done anything? No, I don't think so. I'm going away um, week after next. Oh, beautiful. For a few days. So that would be really nice. Nowhere exotic. We're just going to the Norfolk Broads, but I'm really, really excited. Oh, I love it there. Time we love it so much, and this time Ferguson's coming, and it'll be this time. So very, very excited for that. But I don't think I'm doing anything. Have I? No, I don't think so. Probably not. <laughs> no, let's be honest. Absolutely not. No. Um, and I'm also going away in a few weeks. I'm very excited. We're literally th this year is just going so fast. Oh, it's going so so fast. I cannot believe it's sixth of September already. Um. But yeah, we're going to Greece in a few weeks, so I'm on like the countdown, the absolute countdown for that. But no, I went to um, I went to a wedding on Saturday of a friend who I met in the IVF space. She, um, some of you may know her. She's changed her username now just to her name, but she used to be Life After IVF. Um, and bless her heart, she's just amazing. So she helped me with the campaign and this and the other, and we've ended up really, really good friends. So it was really nice. But I went by myself, Annabelle. I went to a wedding completely by myself, which was both terrifying and I don't know. I think the last time we recorded I was going on the hen do the next day. Or had I been on the hen do? How how was all that? It was fine. Like I was on the hen do I was so nervous because I knew nobody and I don't do very well in situations like that where I don't know anyone. I get really bad anxiety. So I was like that was quite a big thing for me but I figured I'd be drinking so I was like ah I'll be fine like be all right um and it was the first half an hour I think was like painful because I didn't know how to start a conversation but the girl who was sat next to me also didn't know anyone um so that was quite nice and always helps it was, exactly it's when they're talking about like inside jokes and things that they've done you're just like oh, oh yeah there I go like you've got no idea no but then the wedding was beautiful it was a really really lovely wedding and the girl who um the girl who I met on the Hindu was also there so obviously she'd gone with her boyfriend but um Marco was invited it was just he like obviously had the salon this and the other he couldn't take the full day off but um and we just figured it was easier. So I just thought, you know what? Rather than him turning off up in the evening when I'm already drunk, yeah. like, he may as well just go home. Like, And I'll just have fun by myself. And honestly, I had the best time. Had such a good time. It was so lovely. I got so drunk. Um, you looked great. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I could not decide what to wear, but it was, uh, I, I literally ordered £300 worth of dresses and ended up going in something I already owned. So, um 
but no, it was good. I felt good. I had a really good time. I made a new friend. So can't go wrong, really. It was good. It was good. I feel like going to things alone is so underrated. Oh, definitely. If I'm working from home and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to like a cafe or something and work there. I love it. Like, Isn't like, it the best? Yeah, like I get a lot of work done, but also just like I'll put my laptop down for a bit and be like, right, I'm going to have a coffee and a bit of cake. I'm going to have some lunch. And oh, it's so good. And I think having my laptop there is a bit of a security blanket because then it's like, oh, I, I do. Look yes, you're not going out for dinner on your own. No, yeah. but I, I do quite like, and when I was a waitress, we'd have quite a lot of like businessmen like stay over. And if they were there like eating dinner on their own in the evening, I was like, this actually looks dreamy. I'd love it. I would love, I wish I was that person where I could like, do you know what? I'm just going to go out. I'm going to have a little light bite, mm. sit, read my book, eat dinner, have a glass of wine all by myself. Like just, it sounds so appealing, mm. but actually when push comes to shove, I can't do it. I walked past, sorry, slight mention of child, but I walked past today a photo booth and I was like, oh, it'd be really cool to get some like old retro, like, you know, like the, they already oh, have before. And I said, that'd be really cool. But I didn't want to because I was like, oh, but other people might see me. Like, I'm so, so if I'm like that, I'm like, how the fuck am I supposed to ever go out for dinner mm. by myself? Do you know what I mean? But my dad works all over the world. He's always going for dinner in like random places by himself and I just think oh I just I don't yeah. know maybe that should be our little challenge by the end of the year yeah. <laughs> take ourselves out for dinner we can uh, go to the same restaurant but have separate tables. separate tables and then if it's too much we can be like oh hi oh my god <laughs> come pull up a pew let's get a drink long time no see yeah let's let's do that that sounds good um yeah, that actually sounds like it could be really fun. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. I want to do. I want to go to like the cinema. But it took me so long to see the Barbie movie. What did you think? I freaking loved it. Did you? Yeah. Spectacular. Have you seen it? Yes. Yes. So good. Oh my god. I think god. it's um. So I kind of wish I I went to the baby cinema to see it. So I'd missed I like I missed bits of it. Um, like I missed a, a crucial part of the plot I suppose like so spoiler alert or whatever you want to call it um I the bit where it kind of explains how the portal's broken if mm. you like like right, I missed it so I had no idea what had gone on and I was like huh I'm confused how have the two worlds collided but um no I did really enjoy it I think it was really really good I'll be honest I think it was slightly overhyped slightly slightly like their marketing team the budget behind that film yeah like it was re it was really good, but I don't think I'd give it much more than like a seven and a half, seven point five, maybe eight out of ten. Like I just thought there were certain bits that were flawed, um, but I did really enjoy it. But people have it's, people have gone too deep into it, man. Like it's just some of the articles I've read about how it's problematic, how it ended, and I'm like, yeah, it's a fucking that. film. Like yes, it's making a statement, but it's not like a big anti-man rhetoric. Yeah. <laughs> And what irritates me is they're not proclaiming to like be fixing all the problems. What they're saying is like, here's, here's an issue and here's our Barbie approach to it. And that's it. Like they're not exactly. to fix everything. And it's not that deep. Like it is, like you say, it's a film that's making a statement. That's it. Exactly. Sure. Like, sure. It's not running for president. Like it's not. No. <laughs> Obviously, it was Piers Morgan that had like a huge issue with it. Wasn't oh, it? of course it was. He has an issue with anything with a vagina, so it's God, um, such a wanker. 
I just read actually, funnily enough, just before we start pressing record, I just read a thing about how people are outraged that Meghan Markle was dancing at a Beyonce concert. And you're like, oh, Jesus Christ, but we know where that's come from. I'm more outraged at the fact that Beyonce is performing the big three at only select shows, and that really upsets me because she didn't at Wembley. But oh, no. That's a story for another day. Um, and I can't be angry at her for too long because she's my queen. Oh, good God. Right. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on before Annabelle gets emotional. Uh, shall we go into the answers of the week? So we asked you a question, which was a poll. And what that question was, I can't remember. So, oh, yes, Annabelle, what was that question? Tell me. Remember? Oh, it was something about who do you think the pressure, who do you think the pressure comes from when you're trying to conceive yourself, your partner or your friends and family? This is true. You. Yes. So this week we're talking about um, expectations when you're trying to conceive and kind of the source of those and how you deal with them and all that jazz. So yes, question, as Amber said, was about where you feel the most pressure comes from. Um, interestingly, no one said that they feel the pressure comes from their partner the most. That I'm really very glad to hear. Yeah, we're all with good people. We've made good choices. Um, 74% unsurprisingly said that they feel the most pressure from themselves. And then the remaining 26% said family or friends, um, which I'm, yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, I'm interested by the people that have said that the, the most pressure comes from family and friends, because I feel like if the most pressure is coming from them, like that to me is like the reason you're kind of continuing. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I can't ever imagine... I don't know. No, maybe I've worded that really badly. I think I've worded what I'm trying to say really badly. I, I know what you mean, but I would have, if I was answering that question, I would have said I feel the most, the heaviest weight of expectation and like the biggest sort of like, Ugh, I feel like that from family and friends. And I think that's... Yeah, I understand. I've accepted the position that I'm in. Like, I'm just like, this yeah. is the situation. Whereas other people, I'm like, oh, but I feel bad because I'm a people pleaser. <laughs> I don't give a shit about myself. Yeah, no, I, I relate and understand to that. I think, I mean, for me, I think the most pressure always came from me. I do think, and I don't know whether or not you can relate to this in any kind of, um, any kind of way, but for me, I think because I was on the younger side when we started, that by the time we, obviously, yes, okay, our, our conception journey was very long I was still in the younger I would say half of that journey like I think you kind of have you're kind of under 30 you're over 30 do you know what I mean whereas I think by the time because I always knew that I wanted to be done by the time I was 30 I think now round about now like the 20 kind of the 29 mark is where that pressure usually for other people comes in from the family and the friends of oh you better get a move on like the biological clock ticking those kind of conversations I think it's around this point that most people start getting that pressure from other people whereas I think before, throughout my journey if you like I always got there you're still very young like you've still mm. got a lot of time it wasn't necessarily as pressing for like my parents my parents obviously were very sad for me but it wasn't a tiktok let's I want to be a grandparent mm -hmm. as much as it was like for Marco's family. So I wonder if that's maybe. I think, yeah, to some extent, like I do still get the, oh, you're young. Yeah, uh, of course. 
I'm turning 30 in two months. Yeah. Oh, oh, something I'm not, not particularly excited for. Um, but yes, I do think uh, more so in terms of more and more of my friends are now mm. having babies. So we interesting, we had someone message off the back of the poll saying that they feel like the pressure comes from family and friends having children around her. So it's not a feeling that's put on them deliberately or directly, yeah. but it just feels like the world is growing around her and she's standing still. And I completely resonate with that because when Matt and I first started trying, <clears throat> I had uh, one friend, I think, that had a baby at that point and another one just got pregnant. And so it was still quite new. Matt and I were still quite like a lot further ahead than some of my mm. other friends. Whereas now, you know, people are having their second children, like second child, and more and more friends are having their first child. And so now I feel that pressure because I'm like, I am still in the same position and you're, you've caught up and you've mm. got further. So yeah. in that sense, but I don't, I don't know if it's specifically because of my age or whether or not it's just that everyone's catching up. Mm. Yeah, it's super interesting. Really, really interesting. Like, I think it's, um, it does, I do understand that. Like, I understand the people around you, the not necessarily the deliberate mm. pressure. I think you have to be a kind of arsehole, really, to be putting pressure on, I think, friends more than family. Like, I think family, you're bound to get to a point where I think parents are you know when are you gonna have grandkids when am I gonna have grandkids like hmm. whereas friends I don't really think it's any of their no it's not their prerogative like yeah why would they they have no need to put that pressure on you so it's no it's I find it weird when people do <laughs> but it is that it's just that the expectation and the when you're watching everyone else and every, watching everyone else's lives changing then it does then feel like I need to, you know, I spoke about it in a different episode, feeling like, you know, when I've got friends that are pregnant and then they have babies, I feel like then I'm like, oh, I can't relate to you as much. And we're now on different paths. Yes. So when you're watching, and I know that you've been in this situation where like people in like yours and Marco's friendship group, you were the last ones, weren't you? That didn't mm. Yeah. And his, like, yeah. You watch them all and you're like, I'm now the odd one out and I'm in the minority here. And when am I going to get my opportunity so then I can, I mean, obviously you don't have kids so that you have something to talk about with your friends, like no. find new friends. But it, it is that kind of pressure of life is changing around me and I'm not changing with it. Yes, absolutely. And I think I can resonate with this a little bit more, I think like now, because I think, like my one of my best friends had had a baby what three years ago now so her kid was two by the time joey was born so we had including her pregnancy like three years where our lives were suddenly we went from being on the complete same page with everything to being worlds apart and i think it like you do really see those differences and that relate it doesn't matter how much i think you say your relationship isn't going to change your relationship does change um and so i completely understand it from that perspective like only now are we starting to like really do things with each other again and things kind of change so it's as much as you as much as you say it's not going to it nine times out of ten it 
probably is like it's it's really difficult to and I actually listened like back to that episode when we were doing it and uh, when editing it and saw some of the comments on there and I actually think I really agree with you because I remember saying that I think the pregnancy always almost bothered me more than when the child was here but actually thinking about how I reacted and the way that I kind of went about those relationships I do really actually understand Ooh, where you were coming from sorry my boob nearly popped out there um where you were coming from um yeah where you were coming from with that so it is it's something really difficult to navigate isn't it but I think that's where like it leads us on really to our topic of mm. the day um my words have just completely stopped <laughs> So yeah, just talking about feeling, feeling the expectations and feeling that pressure and, um, you know, it's that, it's that feeling of, of kind of disappointing people, but it's bigger than that, I think, just the mm. level, that, that level of expectation, whether or not it's coming from yourself and, you know, feeling like you're failing in some ways or, like we were saying, you know, like letting down parents that are desperate for grand, like to be grandparents and all of this stuff. It feels like to me, my own fertility issues are putting other people's lives on hold. But we talk about how it's like, you know, the next chapter and like, oh, right, now you're entering into, you know, you're, you're a parent. This is a new chapter of your life. And it's like, well, I look at my sister and I'm like, oh, you want to be like, I know you'd like to be an auntie. And I look at my mm. mom and my dad and I'm like you'd like to be grandparents like and the pressure none of them have said to me oh chop chop but I just I just know that this is something that they want like my mum when I was a teenager always used to be like I don't want you to get pregnant now she was like but I can't wait to be mm. grandparent and like when my first friend like the first friend in like my group got pregnant mum like bought little boots and like she was so excited because she had like this excuse to buy baby shit and so I know that my mum is like ready and raring to go mm. and so I'm like oh shit like I'm I'm delaying this and obviously she doesn't blame me she fucking hope she doesn't but I know that there is that 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 want is coming from her as well it's not just mm. I that want this to happen and it's other people as well um, yeah I understand that I think I had the opposite with my mum in that I think I got very much I don't want to be a grandmother before I'm 50 like that was very much my mum's rhetoric um my dad and I never really spoke about it to be honest like we spoke about my di diagnosis but not necessarily his want to be a grandparent until he was in that situation but I think from Marco's side I think definitely like his dad would kind of say oh you know we had kids young so we we could enjoy our grandchildren and I never thought I'd be nearly this age when I became a grandparent and you think you do almost feel a little bit guilty for that don't you you mm -hmm. do almost feel like it's been that you're making other people wait and it's like but then you also have to remember that you don't live your life to please other people like it's you know if you if you never want kids I'm sorry that fucking sucks for you but yeah it's yeah. not about them um so it but it is I think really tricky not to feel that pressure especially I think when you've shared that excitement of trying initially trying to conceive like I think like we were always quite open with Marco's family about it and so I think eventually it kind of that disappointment is lived through everybody else too um and it is tricky I think then because you do feel like you are letting other people 
mm. down. And I think my thing with that was always that my sister never really, as far as I'm concerned, never really wanted kids. She may do now. I don't know. She's engaged and all the rest of it now. So who knows? Maybe she, maybe she will. But I don't think she never she never expressed that beforehand so I almost felt like well I'm the only I'm the only chance here at kind of carrying on this uh I won't say bloodline but you know of my parents being grandparents it, I felt like I was the only one that was potentially going to give them that um so it's tricky it is a really tricky thing to feel yeah in that space but I definitely think it comes from like you say the the friends falling pregnant that I think is where that um what's the word I'm looking for like almost like covert pressure like it's not obvious pressure but that's where it yeah really hones in and it feels like there's just so many different layers to it as well doesn't there mm. so it's like when when we look at these things it's always like okay well what's the source of that and where's that coming from and you know why do you feel that way but when you're looking at something and you're like there are so many different reasons why I feel this way so like you know, watching your friendship group get pregnant, it's like, okay, well, it's that feeling of, oh, shit, am I going to lose my friends? Like, yeah. I them, I'm the odd one out. But it's also the, I'm falling behind, am I failing? And it's the, I, you know, I can't remember my other points, but like, <laughs> it's it's that feeling of, I, I don't belong in this anymore and I yeah. don't this, you know I'm watching everyone else live the thing that I want to do and particularly when they're your friends they're your peers you know they're usually people that you go through shit with like maybe you're trying to figure out your careers together or you've gone to university together and it's things that you you've done big life things with and you've always been there and supported each other through it but then when it comes to this when it's not like an age thing like mm. at school it's like okay we're in school for this amount of years and then we will finish school together and yeah your path in that might be different but ultimately you're on the same timeline and then once you're out of that and I guess it's the same with relationships and everything else but in this case it's like no one knows how long it takes to conceive a child and have a baby so it's as soon as this happens like you can be four years ahead of someone and then they can crack on and get pregnant first go yeah do you think sorry go on no no, no I go I was gonna say do you think like I don't know whether or not you ever had that friend that you kind of had the conversations of timing your pregnancy so that you yeah. were like that for me was a a thing like I say when the person I always said that with then got pregnant and I knew that by this point I knew that it wasn't going to be that straightforward for us that was something I found quite tricky and again I think now so now when we're like planning another and this and the other I am very aware of the people within my circle now that can get pregnant naturally and that when they go on to have siblings and this that, and the other, I know that it isn't going to be that easy for us and so I almost feel that pressure a little bit to be like right get the ducks in a row so we're ready to go let's how can I better my chances to make sure that I'm not left behind again like do yeah, you know so you're already trying to protect your feelings exactly exactly that and that's but the thing is that's not something like I completely like resonate and I completely understand why that's something that you are thinking about but it's not something that you should be thinking about when you no. are planning to have your next child you shouldn't be thinking I need to get ready for this and prepare for this because I'm going to be hurt and upset and disappointed if they get there first like it's so 
like it's such a when you say it out loud it's like that is so stupid like yeah it sounds pathetic but when you're in it oh my god those feelings can be so real mm. it's like, like i'm dreading it i am dreading those announcements like fully mm. i mm. even joked with my friend and said right when i because I know that she got pregnant quite quickly. Like, I was very much, right, I tell you what, when I go for transfer, I'll let you know and you come off the pill. Like, and it was, but don't you dare come off that pill until I've got my positive test. Like, do you know? Like, I've got it's so... one of my friends at the moment, she's very much like, we're not trying for a baby, but we're talking about when we might start trying for a baby. And I was like, I need you to tell me as soon as you start actually trying. So then I can just brace myself. I was like, because sod's law, you're going to get pregnant straight away. Like, that is absolutely going to happen. So I just need the time to process this. I was like, but if you could just give me, like, a little bit longer to try. And I was like, and as soon as I get pregnant, go for it. Like, because that would be really fun. But not, no, no, not before then. No, it's so it. weird. Like, it's no. so, like, I never, ever thought that I would feel this way about a sibling. And yet it's so, that pressure, that all those feelings are still... Mm. they're still there like still so protect yourself like that Do same you... feeling of dread about the announcements like so that pressure I mean at the moment it's all internally like don't get me wrong there people have already started asking about another like of course I think... you've had one so now it's easy no no exactly we have what, there was... just know what to do now and it's you know miraculously <laughs> mad in fact I remember saying to someone we had um when I think Joey must have only been about two weeks old, somebody turned up at the house unannounced and that had already got my back up, but had then had the conversation of, so you're going to have another? And I literally responded and went, I'll think about that when I've stopped bleeding from this one. And I just think like, like for God's sake, like that, it's immediately straight on. And it's like, when you know that somebody's struggling, why are you adding to that? Like it's, it's so unnecessary. Yeah. I wonder also in terms of having a sibling, do you think that there's an additional layer of pressure because you kind of you see your friends and they have their first one and then they have a second one and they've kind of timed it so that they you know the children are like a certain you know however many years apart and it's like oh this is a cute you know age difference because they're close enough and then they can do this because i guess when you when it's your first child there's not that comparison it's literally like this is my first child this is the starting point whereas as soon as it becomes a sibling it's like okay well I've got the age difference here and it's not just the age difference between you know Joey and a sibling it's I'm watching my friends and their yeah, age definitely and how they interact and play together and it's adds does yeah. that add like another Yes, I do think the, mo the most pressure, though, from my side, I think, is because I know that I have an end date of IVF. Like, I know when I have made a decision, you know, that, and it might not be a decision that I'm, like, over the, like, I don't, I think the idea of stopping altogether is, and it not looking the way you want it to look is terrifying and I think that's the same whether it's your first or your seventh baby like not that I, there's many people I don't think that have seven babies through IVF but still um but I still think that drawing a line under is a tricky conversation to have again whether it's an IVF pregnancy or not but for us I think that decision has been made that we will have finished by the end of next year like by the end of next year I've said by my by the time I'm 30, that's it. That that 
book will be closed and so that gives us literally just over a year a year and yeah about a year and two months um pretty much exactly so that we're 14 months now and so for me that's an added pressure because I've never had a time limit on it before like I think we've had we had conversations where we'd said okay this is the amount of transfers this is the amount of cycles we think we'll have but I think beforehand it was always a it was a number that we had, but whether or not it was a number we'd have actually stuck to, I don't know, and I can't tell you, and I will never be able to tell you hand on heart that we would have only had three goes. Like, who knows? Um, whereas with this, I think we can hand on heart say that that, is, that will be our limit because it's not just about me, it's about Marco too, and I think we have to mm. really keep that in mind. So that, for me, is a real, a real added pressure, and I feel like I feel more pressure about going into these frozen transfers than I ever felt going through fresh like I am right I'm going to lose all this weight I am going to be in the best health I've ever been I'm going to do everything I possibly can to make this work um but I think I feel a more more urgency than I felt beforehand and again I don't that's that age factor there's so much I think that is coming into play this time that perhaps didn't before um that there's definitely an increasing I would say amount of internal pressure this time but is that is do you reckon that's coming from you or is that coming oh 100 percent from me a hundred percent from me Marco I think would 100 percent if I said right let's walk away he'd walk away like yeah. it and I think from family and friends I don't think that pressure is there like I say that pressure is there in the sense that other people but again they're not putting that pressure on me that pressure is wholly mm. coming from me um but it's yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's really it's a really weird thing to navigate. Yeah, and it's impossible to like deal with it properly because it's like the reason it's there is because we care. Yeah, yeah. And you can't switch that off. Like, no. yeah, you can look at it pragmatically and be like, oh, actually, this isn't. You know, ultimately, it doesn't have an impact what other people are doing, and you know you putting pressure on yourself ultimately you know it's not going to yeah you can still do like everything you can to try and maximize your chances but putting that pressure on yourself ultimately it's not going to be yeah you wanted this enough and you pressurized yourself enough so yeah go on then yeah you'll be pregnant that's fine or no I don't feel like you felt enough pressure for this so no you're not getting pregnant mm. but it's it's just not you can't you can tell yourself that but that doesn't fix it does it, mm. it take it away and it's like you just have to learn how to live with it do you think I mean maybe you can answer this a bit more like now obviously you've had your NHS cycle now you're going into it from a, a private perspective because it's costing money and obviously it's not cheap like it's not a few hundred pounds that you're spending but because there's so much money riding on it. Like, I think that that aspect of it is definitely playing in for us this time. But I think when you know that there's, you know, you don't have an infinite amount of money, mm. do you feel that there is that added pressure internally because of that? Because you know that obviously every time it fails, yeah. if you want to try again, it is going to cost you a small fortune. Yeah. I think for this first round, it's manageable. So we're mm -hmm. like, okay, you know what? Obviously, there are other things you want to spend this money on, but 
it's manageable like you know we can we've got to sell the car we can yeah we've we've got things that we can do to get that money um but then like you say it's the looking off like onwards from that the third cycle and all the rest of it then it will become difficult Mm -hmm. um so yeah i think at the moment where i'm at with it is i feel the pressure but what it's making me do is just feel overwhelmed and then i'm like i just don't want to because i'm like Mm. where do we spend the money that's what i'm like at the moment i'm like do we go back to dr ramsey and do more tests and do more investigations or do we go with all the information that we got the first time and the answers and the suggestions and just continue with that like where do we spend the money is yeah the, i'm kind of like what where is this best placed like yeah. do we spend the money on the expensive clinic that we really like or do we save some of that money into you know going to a different clinic and then we've got more money to play around with trying other things so i think that in that pressure i'm like oh what's the right decision yeah and it's so tricky isn't it like there's so many different avenues of pressure in that environment like i think there is the pressure to pick the right clinic the pressure to have the right tests to make sure like and i think you therefore you then get the pressure from the clinics and they're telling you all these different things that they think you should do but again that that pot of money isn't never ending like there is a line somewhere um and i think then you also have the pressure of i know I know for us anyway, with our last cycle, it was a pressure of how many eggs are we going to get? Like, and that, because like you say, that pot of money is there and it may be manageable for for one, but then you think, okay, but if we need a second, if we need a second fresh, then that might become a problem, but a frozen we could manage. And so you then have that pressure of yeah. making, like of getting those eggs and then the, are they going to fertilize and all of this? And you're putting all this other pressure on yourself because the process isn't as black and white as, is it going to work? There's all these other obstacles on the way yeah. that you put pressure on yourself for. Um, and it's mad. And then the pressure of the two week wait and should I be managing it like this or managing it like that? Or should I, feel I be like all it's of that wild? I'm, I'm not even the pressure of, Oh, you know, the stems and all the rest of that. And the two week wait, I'm all very much like, yeah, fine. Whatever. Like mm. that's cool. Whatever. For me, it's the pressure of, trying to make the right decisions the things that yeah. I'm in control of I'm like oh fuck how am I going to do this um how are we going to do this and it's also the when do you when do you like really get going with it because mm. we're still in the consultation phase and so I'm like do we go all out now with nutrition plan vitamins everything else and I know in an ideal world, you'd be like, yeah, the sooner the better, go for it. But I don't want to exhaust ourselves too quickly. Like, yeah. I don't want to be like, let's go for it now. Like, you know, when you do like a diet and you cut out all the crap. No, I then, don't know how you do one of those. I'm terrible at them. <laughs> and then after like three days, you're like, no, I've peaked too soon. I need yes. the cake. I need to do this. I need to do that. I don't want to do that. Like, I want to know. I just I want someone to sit down with me and be like here's your next four months there you go this is all planned out for you this is when you need to start this this is when start this this is when we're doing the IVF and right now there's a lot of unknown so I don't know if that's helping or hindering but 
we'll see. No, it is. I completely got that. Like I felt, I think you touched on nutrition and I think I remember we saw a nutritionist and she was great. Like she really was brilliant. Um, and the stuff that she gave us was invaluable, really. Like the supplement plan, all the rest of it. She was so, so, so good. Um, worth her weight in gold. But I felt a lot of pressure with that because I am notoriously... I was saying to Marco the other day, funnily enough, I've just joined the gym. Um, and I was saying that, like, I can't join a gym and diet. Like, I, I can't do it because I love food. I don't love exercise. And so if I'm going to the gym and already doing something I don't like and then cutting out the one thing that I really love, that's just going to make me miserable. And so getting a nutrition plan and being like, right, you've got to lose weight and do all of these other things, but also you've got to eat all this food on a list, which isn't Cadbury's and isn't Haribo Tang Fastics and isn't Diet Coke. <laughs> and you've got to calm and relaxed and happy and chill. exactly exactly while also while also working and trying to maintain everything else and save save your money so continue working your three jobs to do that like you know it's uh it that pressure I thought was huge and I found that really difficult um and I also feel like it's then if it doesn't work it's like a okay so what what didn't we do what went wrong where should we have yes yes it's like oh for fuck's sake like when our IVF round failed, I was like, I was racking my brain being like, did I do my injections properly? Did I take them at the right time? Was I on the right vitamin? Like all of that stuff. And it's like, yes, I bloody like I fucking video recorded it because I put it all into a stupid fucking reel. Like I can see myself doing the injections. I didn't imagine myself doing them. No. You do. You then like dissect everything. And there's oh, don't you? Like I tried, I was about to say I tried anthropology, acupuncture, sorry, mm. anthropology too. but I tried acupuncture and it's like, I was like, I can't afford this. No, so much money. And I'm like, if I'd have done it, would it have worked? Well, this yeah. is the thing. And I think that's the problem that when you do like, like I am a real big advocate for kind of get all the tests done and then go into it. Because if you spend, say, I don't know two grand on tests on consultations with numerous clinics so you make sure that you do the right thing then you've exhausted it all and you're it's more likely to work first time you're less likely to need to spend all that money but in the same breath it is also one of those where it's like okay but then when it doesn't work there's no process of elimination because you're like well what what was worth doing what wasn't it's like when people say to me well what what did you change for your successful cycle like do you think it's worth me going to have an endometrial scratch do you think it's worth me having this done that done and I'm like it's hard to answer because I changed everything so mm. there is no I cannot physically say to you this is the only this is what we changed and this is what made it work for us because you just don't know mm. um and so that's the problem that you're then putting pressure on yourself to go and do all of this spend all this money on all these things when actually then when it doesn't work you've still got that great big question mark because you don't know what it was and what it wasn't that made any difference whatsoever. And the thing that you might cut out might be the reason you got so many eggs and the thing that you keep in might actually be the reason that your fertilization wasn't great. Like you've just got no idea, do you? It's a, it's a big old fucking gamble. Yeah. But, um, but there we go. Um, but yeah, it would be really, I think, useful. We went off on such a tangent there. I know, I know, I know. All uh, semi-related, but um, 
but yeah, I mean, I, I suppose it'd be interesting to know really where you think the most pressure comes from, like what parts of the journey, as it were, do, do you put the most pressure on yourself at? Like, where do you think the pressure comes from and, and why? So maybe send us an email. It'd be nice to be nice to hear all of that. So, um, so yeah, send us an email. It's AIOA podcast at gmail.com. Um, but on that note, shall we move on to this week's Am I Overreacting, pal? Yeah, let's go for it. If you got it, you've got it, haven't you? Yeah, I've got it up. What a perp. Like story time. You know, like when you were in school and you all used to sit down at the end of the day to read a book. I feel like this is what I'm at right now. Sorry, Marco just walked past and moonied at me. I wasn't uh, laughing at you. <laughs> just show me a big old hairy crack. There is a window behind you that is heavily reflective, but I didn't see it. No, no, he's too short for that. <laughs> Annabelle said there's a window behind me and it's very reflective. And she said that she didn't see it. And I said, that's because you're too short. Your bum doesn't quite reach the windowsill. Um, anyway. It's a boy trying to check out his bun. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> um, anyway, Annabelle's not into bum fluff. Um, let's move on. Uh, this is quite a long one. It is a long one, but I think it's a good one. Oh, stop talking. No, you shut up, you pervert. Uh, anyway. Hi, girls. I'm sending this because I'm really unsure if my reaction was uncalled for because I'm hormonal or if I have a right to be angry. I was recently at a family birthday dinner for my grandma and there were family members there that I probably only see once a year, if that, only for special occasions. My son is two in December and we struggled for a long time to conceive him but managed to conceive naturally the month before beginning our IVF journey, which was a miracle for us. This isn't uh, known to anyone outside of our very close circle of family and friends. Unfortunately, since having him, we've suffered two miscarriages and we did have one whilst trying to conceive before him too. So we've decided that for now our family is complete. But we may decide in a couple of years to try again. But for now, I can't face the prospect of that. And so we're happy as we are. A distant aunt of mine asked me as soon as I sat at the table how many children we were planning on having. This didn't sit well with me. As if I could choose, I would obviously have more than I do right now. So I brushed it off and said I wasn't sure, but I was happy with just my son. She then proceeded to loudly tell me in front of everyone at the table that we needed to have another child, otherwise he'll be spoiled and not know how to interact with other children. And to top this off, she said we need to get cracking as he's already coming up for two and we don't want a big age gap. I told her calmly, she doesn't know what we do or don't want. We're happy as we are and that you shouldn't pry into other people's business. I then got my son and his things, spoke privately to my grandma and left without saying goodbye to anyone else. A couple of family members have reached out and said it was rude of me to leave without saying goodbye and I caused a scene which were in the afternoon. My grandma and mum understood why I left, but I think they were also disappointed that I took my son away from his great grandma's birthday party. Am I overreacting or are these questions to be expected from people who don't know our situation and should I just get more of a thick skin? Oh. Okay, so um first of all, really horrid sorry to hear like about your losses and your struggles. Yeah. Um okay, so in this situation, I am slightly torn. I think that You know what? Right. Okay. I don't think you were overreacting. I think you were protecting your boundaries. Um, I think your aunt 
said some really rude shit. Like, I feel like that wasn't necessarily the, there's the ignorant, like, oh, when are you having more? You're having more? You can have another one. Like, there's those ones that are just irritating. Your aunt took it a step further and was actually just like a bit of a twat. So I feel like you weren't out of order for being like, you know what, like, right, I'm off. Um, would I have left? Probably wouldn't have left. But it's up to you. Like, why stay in a situation that you don't want to be in? Yeah, I think, I I agree. I think it wasn't a nice situation to be in. It's uncomfortable. I don't think people should be asking those questions. Unfortunately, they do. I think a, a distant aunt sounds like they're obviously a slightly older generation. I think things are obviously seen a little bit differently. They're questions that have always been quite normal to ask, I suppose. Um, so I don't think, as much as I don't like it when people ask those questions and I wish people would stop, I think it is a, just to be expected a little bit that some people are just going to ask those questions. Um, of course, it's insensitive and, of course, a bit shit. But, you know, they did also say that not many people know their situation I think did they know then maybe they wouldn't have asked or wouldn't have gone down that road I personally wouldn't have left I feel like it was somebody else's day I feel like I'd have maybe moved gone and sat somewhere else if I could like if your mum and your grandma know then I'd have maybe said like can I move up here like yeah I just I don't I personally don't think I'd have left because I also feel like if I hadn't have told people and I didn't want people to know I feel like by leaving you're drawing attention to that fact um yeah i feel like more you know, why did she leave like it's yeah, more why is that such a sensitive mind. yeah um so no i don't think your aunt was right to ask those questions i don't think you're overreacting by being upset that they were prying so much and saying the things that they were saying um however i'd have said what you said and then stayed because i think once you've responded like that i think people i think you make it quite clear that you make them feel uncomfortable, so they're not going to ask you anymore. Um, I would also I, I add, have left. I would add, though, like just on the note of people being disappointed that you took your son away on like your grand's birthday or whatever. Your son's, your child is not like a little plaything or accessory. Like you were leaving. What were you like? That's not your responsibility mm. to be like. Here's my child. <laughs> Enjoy. Like, no I do get that but then I also understand like I no, I I, I agree with that it, that the child isn't an accessory but then in the same breath like I know how much that like I know how much like my grandma loves her great-grandson and I know that if I removed if I I know that if it was her birthday and we'd all come and then I I decided I was leave early and uh, leaving early and took him with me of course I was going to take him with me but I think she would be upset that I left because she wanted to see him do you know what I mean yeah does that make sense it does make sense I've just got visions of in my head of you like literally walking up snatching out. I mean I assume from this that there's a partner I mean she talks about a we so there will be a partner but and obviously tried naturally but then I'm I was a little bit like I'm also thinking like where was the partner in here like did he go to like what mm. I don't know I just wouldn't have left I wouldn't have left but no I don't think you're overreacting yeah but I think that, leaving I maybe, can see why I 
I can see their point in terms of being like oh 100 like I, I can see both sides to this I'm probably like 80 percent with with the uh am I overreactor and like 20 percent with the family yes I would agree I think I'm on the same page as you mm. um yeah, yeah. Right, uh, um, we've done answers of the week. Next week's question of the week. We've got a really, really lovely episode for you next week. Um, super duper excited about it, but I'm not going to spoil it right now. Um, so you're going to have to wait and see what that is. But we've got a guest. We do have a guest. And the question of the week is we want your like book recommendations, resource recommendations, excellent, you know, fertility podcasts. Although, really, there's only one, and, and you're listening to it right now um so we will give a shout out to bfn because yeah. we like the bfn girls but <laughs> they're allowed they're allowed to i'm the worst yeah. girl gang we like the worst girl gang too but uh otherwise you're terrible at this like self-plug promotion like hey no i'm good at the self-plug i'm not good at the trash talk <laughs> i'm not trashing the other gals <laughs> to her they probably don't take unexpected two-week breaks with no, no. notice no they, don't. no they don't they probably um, they plan their episodes and don't just wing it every week watch our listenership now being like oh shit what are they, let me go listen to these ones instead it's, awesome. it's all your fault oh, um but yeah so we want your resources um things that you find helpful yeah so like yeah books you enjoy etc um which is probably maybe hinted who knows Ooh. so we lose them um but on that note yes oh no go on knock yourself out go for it in the meantime follow us on instagram at amber.itso at annabelle gurnett if you have any am i overreacting that strike you during the week then you know drop us a dm at am i overreacting or like amber said earlier on in the podcast you can also email us which is aiopodcast at gmail.com um also review us if you haven't done already um yeah give us a five-star review please definitely five star if it's not five star we're not interested um but we will see you next week we will guarantee that for another episode of am i overreacting so ciao for now bye bye